recorded live at 4ZZZ Studios, Mianjin, Brisbane on 102.1 FM and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Z Games. Z Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture. Want to reach out? Share your hot take? Or do you just want to share your favourite game? Find us on socials at ZEDGamesAU. Good evening, everyone. This is Zed Games. I'm your host, Paul, and joining me tonight is a verative cavalcade of um, personalities. First up, we have Melee. Hi. Oh. Uh, Tom from Netherworld. Howdy. Is that this is his official title? And of course, Caroline. Hoi. Hoi to you too. What a lovely crew we have today. Uh, mm. How is everybody doing? Speak, speak all at once. I've hey, had a lot of energy good. drink, yeah, so I'm great. Bad. Yeah, I don't have to say words. Just though. this Ooh, is words. a much more efficient way of talking to a group. Oh if yeah, you take turns, yeah, it could take out minutes of just useless chatter. And we need to talk about video games. Makes good radio. I'm quite oh, the fan yeah. of them. It turns out. Um, <gasps> yeah, yeah, some yeah. are good. Yeah, um, but before we talk about our personal love of video games, mm. let's uh, listen to some potentially good or potentially depressing news brought to ah, us this week by one Zora. Huzzah. This week in gaming news. Remember the game Discworld? The point-and-click adventure game released in 1995 and adapted from the Discworld novels might get a re-release within our lifetimes, but it could potentially be dependent on the King of England being pretty cool. The simplified explanation, Discworld, the game, utilises a story written by Terry Pratchett for the game so developers could work with a cohesive plot. However, studios coming and going and the IP changing hands over the years has made understanding who has IP rights a bit complicated. Intellectual property rights suggest that King Charles might actually own 50% of the IP, with the other 50% reverting to the original creator. Who knows what might happen if that's really the case? Maybe he's a fan. We still own the IP rights. No one has spoken to us about any re-release, says Rihanna Pratchett. She has also clarified in 2012 that the company only has rights to the characters and not the games themselves. Yeah, someone played Doom on Soundwaves. Here's what it sounds like for a few seconds. The visuals of the game are represented in a spectrogram, while the inputs are a range of high-frequency notes mapped to specific keys. Instead of a controller or keyboard, use a microphone. Technically, the game doesn't run on an unintended device, it's just displayed and played in a weird and unintended way. But if you have a spectrogram, you can give it a try yourself as the creator has uploaded the source code, complete with instructions. Texas Chainsaw Romance One of the playable characters in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Johnny, has a fresh new look. Introducing Shirtless Johnny. And don't you worry, he's a free cosmetic for everyone. So open a bottle of wine, get comfortable, and then murder video game people. Happy late Valentine's. News nibbles. Taco Bell held an E3-style event called Taco Bell's 2024 Live Mass Event, complete with hyping up chicken tenders, as well as live performances, all with that game of pizzazz. This isn't really gaming related, but it was uncanny. Xbox will be announcing their new business updates on February 16th at 6am for those of you in Queensland. 
The announcement will be through the official podcast and will feature Phil Spencer, Sarah Bond and Matt Booty. And now for some upcoming games. February 16th brings Mario vs Donkey Kong for the Nintendo Switch. February 20 brings Skull and Bones for the PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and Nightingale for the PC. February 21 brings Bandletale, a League of Legends story for the PC and Nintendo Switch, and Last Epoch for the PC. And February 22nd brings Pacific Drive for the PC and PS5, and Sons of the Forest for the PC. That's it, this week in gaming news. That was that in gaming news. Thank you for that, Zara! Uh, and what a, what a lovely selection of stories we had there. Um, the Discord story is kind of a non-story. The, uh, it's basically like if a company closed down and like basically the equivalent of a company not having a will half half of it goes to the state but it's fun to say oh. that prince charles owns win- rinse wind um but yeah those games are great digital rinse wind yeah digital rinse wind yeah yeah, yeah. uh second game voiced by eric I- actually no eric idol did both games mm, and right. then Discworld noir which was also awesome but hard to run these days so that was that's the only one i would actually want an update for because i can't run it easily ah so yeah was there any anything else jump out at you the future of Xbox. We speculated on that next year, le- last week. Meh. Look, yeah. I'm excited to be able to play uh, games on other consoles other than Xbox. I love my 360. Um, it's a shame to see a company that was, you know, pretty much top of the game in that generation just kind of let it all well, slip they're, away. They're just playing a different game now. They're not. The mm. old console wars are long over. Yeah. It's well, uh, other just for funds. Well, I mean, um, Sega's going to be uh, very, very Se- satisfied. Sega's coming back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I want from yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Xbox out, Sega back in. Dreamcast 2. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they're they're going to do the opposite of the Switch. They're going to have a handheld that you can only play on a television. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, this Power revolutionary Stone. thing. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, okay, let's, let's, get, some let's get some Power Stone going. Yeah, okay. You've convinced me. Sega's back. And uh, you heard it here first. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they they do have all of their super games coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sonic with a real budget. Well, uh, no, I don't think Sonic was part of it. There was their announcement of um, because I can't remember. They had some ridiculous term like super games. Mm. It's like Crazy Taxi, Golden Axe. Um, Power Stone wasn't there. A few, uh, a few. Oh, Jet Set Radio. I think it was a Shinobi in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're probably. I think we're only missing one. And like, oh, these are. We're going all in on these. I'm like, look. A lot of these games were just arcade games, and like I don't know how you're going to make a, a well, like as um as uh, I think was it Eves from Ubisoft that said that Skull and Bones was quadruple A. Yeah, yeah. So these are the Sega's quadruple A games. Mm, it's about um, time. Yes, the extra A is for R. <coughs> Me hearty. Okay. Ah. Ah. Uh, Open wide and say ah. Uh, Skull and Bones. Everyone's looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I've been, I've been told that, and I love to fit in. Yep. Hopefully, it'll fit. be as good as Assassin's Creed Four, right? It's going to be better. It has to be. With right? the amount of ads I'm seeing for it, it's got to be oh, amazing. Oh, is it? Is it getting ad exposure? Is it? I'm I'm rarely exposed to ads, so I don't. I have yeah. not been exposed to any ads for it. It'll be on the side of a bus all. soon, for sure. Uh, yes, I buses. Look to it. Nature's <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, with that, this is Ed Games. I am Paul, and joining me are Caroline. Hello. Maylee. Hello. And the man of the hour, Tom. How are we all doing? Woo-hoo! Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. 
Um, now Tom's going to take us on a magical mi- uh, something journey uh, with a review. And uh, I don't know if you know how I like to start a review, but I like to do it like this. Come on now, let's do a review with Tom from the world. Give me some wine. Say something good. Good to be. Video games. Um, uh, I like doing things like video games. I like talking about them. They're, they're good. Um, that was incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, uh, the 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 energy between us is like it's it's unspoken. Just like yeah. I mean, you know, I had to speak it, and then, but anyway, it was quite otherwise perfect. So yeah. we're talking about, of course. Knuckle Sandwich, yes. which is, I will get out ahead and say, this is a game that I backed on Kickstarter in 2018, finally released wow. in at the end of 2023. Classic right Kickstarter. In there. Um, so, full disclosure, I have been watching this game for a long time. I've been waiting for this game for a long time. So I feel like I... Uh, You're heavily invested in the piece. Yeah, I'm ready to be pleased, and I'm cautious about being disappointed. So uh, let's get into it. So Knuckle Sandwich is a indie postmodern RPG passion project by Melbourne solo dev Andrew Brophy. And that's the key word I'd use to describe this game is passion. Andrew Brophy's love and appreciation for the genre of role-playing games is on full display from the moment you start the game. And it's obvious that he's been influenced by handheld RPGs from the early to mid-2000s. Think... Mother 3, Golden Sun, and just a hint of Legacy of Goku, with a <laughs> visual style reminiscent of the Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS, with expressive 2D sprites, occasional mixed media style, clay 3D models, and fuzzy low-resolution polygons. Is Lego, Legend of so Goku cool. like, like, a, a, like a strong pillar that I should be investigating? Um, I think it's cool. The first game is terrible. Everyone owned it. It's awful. The second game is better, and Boo's Fury is actually really solid for an action RPG on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, if I'm ever inclined. Uh, anyway, continue! Yeah. So, as a postmodern RPG, the game takes place in a familiar yet off-the-wall city on the tipping point between gentrification and dilapidation, with small details such as the occasional magpies singing in the background and soft leaves rustling in the breeze. It just It's so easy to believe the world, and it just feels comfy and real. You play as a 20-something-year-old adult who, after a series of humiliating job trials on a game show stage, takes a job at a local grungy diner, where you'll be challenged to a knife fight by a greaser with green skin. You'll make friends with your co-workers, investigate a haunted walk-in freezer, tolerate an incompetent mayor, battle against weird cyberpunk bikers uh, with out-of-this-world powers, and uncover the mystery that ties it all together. This light-hearted adventure is at its strongest when you are exploring the city, interacting with the locals, and hanging with your charming party members. Andrew Brophy has an excellent sense of comedic timing. The dry humour and conversational tone feels authentically Australian, without resorting to the usual stereotypes. The turn... Well, we'll get into the combat. This is what really makes it different from Mm -hmm. a lot of... This is its selling point. The turn-based combat system is a hybrid of the active timed button presses to attack and dodge, similar to Mario Luigi Superstar Saga or Paper Mario, but the special moves are the true standout. Each special move that you perform requires a WarioWare-style microgame that takes approximately 5 to 10 seconds to complete, and these are unique to each special move you'd perform. And the same goes for your enemies, with each of their special moves giving you a chance to avoid damage and on perfect execution, 
throw damage back at your enemies. They're snappy, they're easy to understand, but difficult to perfect every time. I can't understate the amount of effort that goes into these micro games. Every enemy has its own type. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll be seeing fresh micro games every battle. They include things like ducking and weaving your head out of the way of exploding bees, or jumping <laughs> over skateboarding dogs, or catching scoops of ice cream on a cone thrown at you by a sentient but legally distinct bubble o bill. <laughs> um, it genuinely made me look forward to fighting like random encounters yeah. in areas. But this can cause some of the sections of the game to drag a little, especially if you struggle with twitch reflexes or rhythmic timing. At times it can feel your out damage outputs too low and enemies can outpace you very quickly. There are accessibility options to adjust damage taken or to remove timing elements included in the, the basic attacks and you can even skip fights if you need to. The game is a tight 15 hour experience which is understandable considering it's largely made by a single person. The short runtime does mean the story is packed in tight with little room to breathe. Your opportunities to explore the city, find collectibles and complete side quests are minimal. I found myself reaching the credits feeling like I wish I'd seen more of the lively city and spent more time hanging out with my party members that I just started getting attached to. Mm. The appeal of the game is its charming world and characters, the humour and the light-hearted tone. It's a love letter to an era of RPGs and Andrew Brophy has poured their heart and soul into the game and it shows, but it's limited opportunities to dig deep into the game's world, lack of side quest tracking and pacing of some sections prevent the game from being flawless but maybe that's just what gives it personality. Overall, it's fine as a role-playing game, but excellent as a light-hearted adventure game. We, uh, we need Knuckle Sandwich Director's Cut. Just get a... There's little, cha there's, there's little fine edges roughed, but then, as you say, the rough edges mm. are sometimes... You know, that's where the well, character... Well, if Y2K gets a second run at it, Knuckle Sandwich more did, than deserves it. Did Y2K get a second run at it? Uh, it's getting an update with new combat, new story elements, and new party members. It's basically getting Y2K Royale or Y2K uh, Golden. Because yeah. uh, for those, uh, Y2K was a uh, was a, um, a postmodern RPG in its own self, yes. really, self and uh, did not land. Yeah, it was not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was not charming. <laughs> I didn't like the characters. And Knuckle Sandwich was everything that it should have been. That's uh, right. Knuckle Sandwich is the anti Y2K <laughs> postmodern RPG. Which brings us to the end of the review. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tom. No, it's, it, it's really nice of you guys to have me here. Um, <laughs> it's always a pleasure. It's lots of fun. Um, Gosh, you're a, you're a thrill. Um, continuing tonight's theme of Australian oddness, uh, we're coming in with another review. This time it's me, it's gonna be fun, I promise you'll see! Hey! I got nice. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Uh, this review is gonna be a little bit short and because uh, it's gonna include an interview with the devs for reasons. Uh, so this game is called Pond Scum, a gothic. Delicious. <laughs> yes, it's very delicious. Um, Anyway, uh, it is a VR game, which very, uh, from, from asking them, foolishly decided to launch on December 25th, 
which does limit your coverage. But I still found it. It was good, interesting to see, and I contacted them because of the music. It sounded interesting, and uh, they sent me a key, and I had a look at the game. Uh, it's available on um, on PC platforms, Steam, and Itch, uh, and also they uh, got it on App Lab on the Meta Quest at the moment, uh, which is where I apparently played it. So this game is a third-person platformer. I think these games work really, really well in uh, VR. You know, your uh, Astrobots, your uh, Moss. We- uh, moss, yeah, moss, yeah. It's quite moss-like in that you're quite static, um, and you're controlling this uh, crocodile running around. Uh, and the game's kind of quite hardcore. It's single touch kill, uh, but instant respawn. And you're just trying to get through a level. There's a collectible on each level, and you're going to get that and get to the exit. Uh, it's sort of very rough, like low poly- polygon PS1 style. Um, but it's got a few little touches, some of which I have been showing other VR devs for stealing purposes because I haven't seen them before and they're great and they work surprisingly well. So as you're controlling this character, when they approach an interactable object, that object appears in front of you. So if they run up to a button, you don't push like the interact button, a button just appears a foot in front of you and you whack it with your own hand. And it's immediately intuitive. I wouldn't have thought so if you'd explained it to me. Um, so like, I think the first thing you do in the game is there's a phone ringing and you walk up to it and suddenly there's a phone booth next to you. You grab the phone, put it up to your ear and your mother's ranting at you. Um, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's, there's one choice that is like, I wasn't sure if it was a mistake or not. And I wonder if it started as a mistake. Uh, so as I say, it's instant respawns. You're, like, you're just trying trying to get through these levels. But the le- levels contain physics objects and those do not respawn. So you start, if a level becomes too hard, because it is quite a hard game, it's five worlds, I think five levels per world, but it, c- it does get very tough. But I did start going, well, if I just kind of kill myself but shove this barrel <laughs> towards the spikes and get through. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it. It works very well. Uh, it's got a few intuitive ideas. It was a relatively quick development turnaround they did on it. They're a young studio. Uh, but as I said, I was first attracted because the music sounded interesting. And I contacted them and said, yo, um, is this like your music or is it licensed or, you know, what's the deal? So, oh, yeah, uh, we have three composers. Uh, and I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, that's a lot of composers. Yeah, so for a game that's niche and uh, doesn't have, you know, it, it is quite hard a lot of music uh, and that uh, brings us to what we have currently as a short extract from a larger interview I did the larger interview will be available uh, probably this weekend online um, it just has to finish being uh, done with that so now we're going to leave me to listen to me talk to the developers of Pond Scum tonight I'm here talking with two Ben's and an Oliver who have worked on an Australian VR game Pond Scum, which has a little subtitle, doesn't it, Oliver? Uh, that's right. Pond Scum, a gothic swamp tale. Yes, a gothic swamp tale. And uh, as everyone does when they're making a small sort of indie VR game, they have three composers on it, as is tradition. Uh, so <laughs> we've got our three we, three composers. We've got two of them here. How did we get to that position? And then what was the direction of the music in the game? Yeah, I think Benjamin might be able to uh, you know, walk through um, a lot of the production. Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, I did the music and I did the sound design for the game. So I do, I do um, the sounds also. Uh, so when I was working on the levels, I was uh, trying to create like a, a theme that would go with uh, each level. And the starting level seemed like perfect for like, you know, 
Ambience. And then the uh, uh, factory um, sort of had more of a mechanical, less cold organic feel to it. The level after that, which was more of a trippy, psytrancey type visualization, I went down the angle of like saying ideas of like Spongle and what's Spongle? Oh, uh, sorry, Spongle is like a, like a sort of like a uh, psytrance artist, but it does all sorts of other stuff. And then um, World 4 was the Doom level and I just wanted to go... World 4, World 4 is like a gore world. Yeah. It's gory and spiders and yeah. It just had, yeah. When I played, when I started playing those tracks from that world, I was, I was just happy and found it, I found it like it was very well done, but also hilarious. Like I think it's Doom Call or something, which is just, just Doom and Nine Inch Nails just for the whole thing and I'm like this is, makes me very happy <laughs> well Nardy Snails is like one of my um, inspirations when I come to electronics obviously if you listen to the soundtrack and listen to the game music it's slightly different uh, there was a bit of a process with that what we've done is like James created a, a really cool um a code uh, he coded like a really cool like little audio engine inside unity so yeah i think the idea behind it was that there there's there's there was kind of always two loops in each level and they kind of would kind of come in and out of sync and i think that's called polyrhythm and that was working really well for us and then we would um we would be able to use the the little widget the sound widget and the two tracks in each level to speed up and slow down this essentially the same music which gave us a lot more um variance we were having a lot of fun with that and then for world five we thought let's do classical piano And uh, my brother happens to be very talented uh, classical composer. Is that correct, Ben? <laughs> so is that, is it's, that it is true that we are brothers. I will at least give you that much. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, are you are you humble enough to say that you are very talented, or at least no, moderately not. talented? <laughs> I, I I'm not humble enough, but no, it was really, it was really a pleasure to be asked. Um, uh, it was somewhat late in the piece. I think I'm allowed to say that. So there was a bit yeah, of time pressure and, 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 and sort of managing my, my timetable and commitments to get some, some music written before, before the close. But it was, it was a lot of fun and that, that two-part phasing polyrhythm um, widget that they're talking about. It was a really interesting challenge for a classical pianist mm. and composer to work with some electronics like that. Yeah, and I think it worked out all right. Yeah, it was an interesting um, choice for the game because, the, well, it's a game that has quite hard level so you could spend a long time on them but if you're good and you know what to do you 
can get through quite quickly all the level uh, each individual level so the tracks only have potentially a short play time but then also because it's a really hard game not that many people in this niche game will probably get to the end and hear all the work that you've put in <laughs> well <laughs> this is uh game design yes <laughs> this is game design 101 and uh, it is unfortunate but it's also um i hope uh a, a worthy reward for, for those that do make it all the way through to World 5. And uh, this is where I admit that I did not make it to World 5 because the game's quite hard. I was up to World 4. Um, <laughs> we would have believed you if you told yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all for honesty. and like Generally, I try to finish things, but uh, sometimes I just can't. There's other stuff to play. So you're listening to Zed Games, is that it? You're listening to Zed Games. You're listening to Zed Games. Hello, you're listening to Zed Games. 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 Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. And that there was a um, song that I'm so, going to pronounce really, wow. really badly. Do um, it. Do it. You can do one. Come on. Try Come it. on. Believe in your dreams. Say it really badly. Well, okay, so the first word's arena. That's that's in English. Oh, nice work. Cool. Well done. Yeah, Yay. Nice. The song's called arena. The, the, uh, it's... The next word is just the letter Y. Arena Y. E. E. I supposed to be Eing there. Yeah. Well, I'm, good. Because I'm, I'm, I'm really terrible with. Other. I'm just okay. thinking of the Arena uh, E. Uh, Alquiritran. Perfect. Well, Perfect. you put a little stank on that word, great. so it sounds great. Well, it's got a, it's got a little, it's got a little hot yeah. thing. It's an, uh, That's for reading, not for saying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, that's from the upcoming game Arco, which is actually an Australian game, and we also recently had a demo, uh, which was uh, pretty fun. Very sort of odd. It, it's um, it's turn-based, but, <laughs> but the fighting is sort of like you just have amount of movement per turn, mm. and you think, okay, that's not that weird, except the game involves a lot of dodging and fist fights. Oh, so is it sort of like Transistor? No, not oh. at all. <laughs> It's, it's very unique. I l- recommend looking it up. It's a, yeah, very okay. strange. Um, I enjoyed my time with what it. Anyway. The game we, called again? Uh, Arco. A-R-C-O. It's, uh, yeah, it's currently in development. There is was a demo available in Steam Deck's Fest. I'm not sure if it's still live, uh, but it was. So that's good enough for, for government work. Um, anyway. So what have, uh, what's everyone been playing? Pal World. I'll just turn this microphone off. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> you can't stop. Oh, you turned me back up. I was fully prepared to I yell. Did, I, did, I did enjoy your, your sounding. You can't stop me whilst your microphone was already turned off. Listen, I'm very slow today. That's Sorry. all right. Uh, confusing, like, legalities aside, is it fun? Yes. Yeah, it's good. That's why cool. um, Nintendo can't sue, because... Because it's, it's an actually, f- Ill? No, I would they, say it's they good. can sue if it's fun. They the problem is there's no actual copyright infringement. It's more. I don't think Pokemon games have been fun in a while. Yeah, I mean honestly, and it's, this is it's more of yeah. a survival game than a Pokemon game. Yeah, it's it's um, like but it's arc, both, but also it beats me in getting sick of survival games because mm. you just catch a slave and then put the slave yeah. to work doing mm. the things you don't want to do. Yeah. yeah, including people. You can just catch a person in a ball and say chop yep. wood for me. 
But mm-hmm. from what I've go heard, do the fun stuff. they're much worse workers than the actual oh, yeah. pals. Oh, yeah. They yeah. suck so yeah. bad. People suck. Mm. Get That's yourself a, a new giant plant dinosaur <laughs> to chop down some trees, and then you can go ride a giant bird. Amazing. And just wreck shop, and it's fun. It's so glitchy, though. Mm. Oh, what kind of, well, I, I haven't had much glitchiness, but what, survival what's, game what's happened to you? Um, yeah, there's pe- a hi- inherent nature of there are survival games. It, that are not in the base, there's a game lot six. of difficulty getting the I pals can't. to actually do the work. They keep on getting stuck on the boundary of my base, okay. um, inside rocks, inside mm. trees, um, on top of my storage unit things, <laughs> I, uh, and I'll have to climb up and pick them up and then climb down and throw them on the ground i have enjoyed the um the devs have put out like oh we are way too successful we need more people please please come come and work for us <laughs> but there's a great um post um and who knows how well it's been translated but it's translated in a very amusing manner they which i, I love reading because there was so much talk about like oh did they use ai and this big mm. evil people they made a thing that we people want to play it's terrible um and it's like no they're actual people still and and they are just so far and over their heads uh part of part of the interview that i started with was um oh yeah we've never made our own models before and so i had to learn how to model and rig and i thought (laughs) oh i'll make one pal and suddenly it was a month later and i'd made one (laughs) i heard that the when they wanted to add guns to the game Uh, they yes this is they discovered none of us know how to do gun animations so they actually found a teenager that worked at a local convenience store mm. that n- made gun animations on his YouTube channel. Yeah. And they were like, hey, do you want a job? Outstanding. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I I don't think they're competent enough to be just ripping it off. They've yeah. gone it the hard way. They, they, they have just knuckled. <laughs> they've, done a lot of, they've done a lot of work. Uh, mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, g- good luck to them. I like a I like a flappy bird success now and then. Yeah. And honestly, it's showing a huge market of people that wanted something like this that has not been exploited. Because mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, last I saw, what were we up like six million or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, is oh, it? No idea. It was at least the second highest concurrent game ever on Steam, if not the most. Now, I have to go back and check my sources, and those sources are just Google. Tomato sauce. Yeah. What about you, Manly? What have you been playing? Uh been playing a bit of Palia. Mm-hmm. Um, very fun uh, Stardew Valley S MMO. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realize until the news was played tonight that Nightingale is coming out very soon. So I might be switching over to that. Yeah, I, I it's intriguing. I have an old Monday night group, and I think that might be kind of perfect for them. But I am trying to make them play Helldivers. Oh, mm. yeah. So maybe I just. Let it, you know, l- leave something for a month or so first anyway. As I say, I'm just trying to get them to play hell time. But, uh, yeah, you know, Nightingale will balance out. That, uh, yeah, this survival co-op, weird Victorian magic. Uh, all the good things. Yeah, all the, all the good things in life. Um, I played through, not as many as I want, I probably played through 20-something demos in Steam Next Fest. I've got a bunch of others downloaded. Hopefully they That's stay working. for you. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. I'm renovating and it's life and, oh gosh, they're terrible things. Uh, but um, probably other than the Children of the Sun, which I've spoken about a few times, Crypt Master was the other game that I really, really liked. And it's like, it's like an old school grid-based first-person um, RPG. You can go through, yeah, you have fights, you go like, I'll go one step forward, I'll go one to the right, all this. Um, except also like kind of mixed with like a typing tutor and 
Hmm. And uh, in a cryptic clue crossword thing. Where weird. It's, wow. Yeah, it's, it, That's an assortment. Yeah, it's weird. And it's got really good voice. Like, there's sort of a, a, a crypt, the Crypt Keeper, like, talking to us. Like, oh, well, here, come, come Ooh. with us. It's probably not that accent, but something like that. Um, and <laughs> you'll be like, ah, there's a chest here to open it. He's like, yeah, I will describe the object to you. Do you have any questions? It's like, um, look... It's like, ah, it seems to be very hard to the touch. It's like, smell? It smells of nothing. But you've only got, like, five questions, and you're like, oh, um, um... Why did I smell it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can it's you like, eat the chest? Uh, no, oh, you, I'm sure you, you can probably taste. Tell. Yeah, 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 I did do taste, so I assume eat would work as well. Um, because some... So, Devour. if you don't, like... You, you can turn it off, but why would you? This seems to be the fun of the game. Yeah. But if you do not solve what it is, you do not get the item. So, oh. you, you like, you may not get a shield. You may not get... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like... Uh, yeah, so uh, it's funny. I had, it was just really fun to play. Um, that sounds good. And it, it even, mm. like, because you... A lot of it is working out what all the moves your characters can do. You've got to guess the word. And as you defeat things, you'll get some of their letters. And those letters will fill out. So, you know, a bit crosswordy sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but then also when you fight enemies, those enemies might be like, I'm immune to D. <laughs> <laughs> Love being immune to D. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, so Cryptmaster, still in development, but uh, was extremely fun to play. Ooh, uh, cool. Which pretty much brings us close to the end of the episode. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, there's an event happening at Netherworld this weekend. Is there not, Tom? Uh, yes, there, there is always. On Saturday, we have our, our regular Worms Armageddon tournament. Uh Worms. Which is fantastic. I, I, I love my worms. Worms are a good time. And uh, Sunday we have the Jimmy Nails Open golf tournament. That is 27 holes of golf, which is nine holes of real golf, nine holes of pin golf, and nine holes of video game golf. And for that, we've selected MS Golf. Uh, we're doing three holes of MS Golf on the old uh, MS DOS. And we also have nine holes of uh, EA Sports Tiger Woods PGA. 2010 on the Wii. The absolute classic. It is. Uh, we played a few holes of it when setting it up the other day, and it's actually kind of fun. Uh, I would yeah, almost play it. Like, <laughs> kind of fun. fun. I was like, after we finished, I'm like, so what's the plan with this disc after we yeah. finished the. <laughs> maybe the maybe we'll uh, set a review up for it. <laughs> Please don't. No. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. I've Ooh. been Paul. Say your uh, names. Come on. Bailey. Caroline. Tom from Netherworld. I tried pointing, but they didn't pick up, and then I just nah. started pointing randomly to confuse it was, them. It was confusing. That's, that's the way I... Let's go. Ah. Bye, everyone. Ah. Bye. Thanks for listening to Zed Games. If you'd like to listen to more, you can find us on the Community Radio Plus app or find us on socials at ZEDGamesAU. See you next time.